0: It's a very busy environment. It's a very high energy business. And if you're not able to regulate yourself emotionally, energetically, and you don't have the tools, it can be a very challenging space to be in. When you're in a a place that you're leading other people, then your own personal, physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being is absolutely going to dictate the quality of what that leadership is going to be. If you are having a day where your energy isn't 10 out of 10, that's okay. This too shall pass. We're meant to go through ebbs and flows. We're not meant to be the same all of the time. So where I come in is I support the salon owner on creating a program that's tailored to their salon business and supports them in moving forward in whatever way that looks to them. There's a difference between internal motivation and external motivation. Who we're going to choose to be. Be aware of what's happening. Letting the client know that you care. Without a good piece, you're nothing.
1: It still does boil down to surface. When something's uncomfortable, that's what we need to look at the most. You're listening to Forrest FM, the salon business show with your host, Alex Garo Springer. For your industry, by your industry. Initially released in June of 2022, this conversation with life and business executive coach Sonia Manier remains to this day of utmost relevance. Employees all over the world are craving better well-being, making it a non-negotiable for businesses to tend to. According to Jim Pass's new international survey and report, The State of Work-Life Wellness 2024, 96% of employees will only consider companies that place a clear emphasis on employee well-being when looking for their next job. 93% of workers say their well-being at work is as important as their salary, up from 83% in last year's survey. 87% would consider leaving a company not focusing on well-being. And while 83% of workers feel their well-being, as in the holistic outcome of our occupational, physical, emotional, social, financial, intellectual, spiritual, and environmental wellness, has improved in 2023 compared to 2022, Other key findings from this survey highlight some disparities, which might point to the fact that society's culture of individualism has shaped self-care into a commodity accessible only to those who can afford it, rather than a fundamental right for all. 69% of cisgender women say they can take the time they need to take care of their well-being during the workday, in contrast to 77% of cisgender men and 91% of leaders agree they can take care of their well-being during the workday, compared to 76% of managers and 66% of non-managers. Might we be asking staff to self-care their way out of social or organizational inequity through employee well-being programs, mental health days, and support groups, even inadvertently? Not that businesses shouldn't offer any of those one things, they absolutely should, But a mental health day won't tackle the root causes of someone's burnout or depression. And to quote Dr. Travis Heath in his TED Talk titled, Self-Care to Communities of Care, how is it that we've come to think of distress as existing inside of a person? We know that a healthy, engaged workforce results in better performance and productivity. I think we must also now recognize how true wellness extends beyond the individual and into the realm of community care and connection. In this episode, Rerun, you'll hear Sonia Manier's take on how well-being and wellness play into how we show up at work, how energy doesn't lie, the importance of holding space for one another, how we should on ourselves way too much, and her tips for promoting good mental health and well-being within the business. With 25 years of experience in the hair and beauty industry, Sonia is dedicated to supporting women in all aspects of life and business. After personally experiencing the transformative power of coaching, she was inspired to guide others in making positive changes. She firmly believes that the best investment one can make is in oneself, and sees coaching as a tool designed to help individuals identify their life goals, turn them into reality, refresh what might be feeling stagnant, and gain a fresh perspective. My invitation for you, as you listen to this conversation, is to push the reflection further. Instead of placing the burden of self-care solely on employees, how can we collectively, as an industry that's been facing such a massive recruitment and retention challenge for so long, explore structural changes that foster a culture of community care and support? On top of benefits packages and well-being programs, could we reimagine salon spaces as hubs of mutual aid and collaboration, where staff, leaders, and perhaps even clients can exchange skills and services, and no one's expected to navigate their well-being alone? As you might imagine, many hair and beauty businesses have under 10 employees. Can we get curious about and hold the distinctiveness of each human being? Can we reimagine wellness programs so they become proactive instead of merely reactive or responding to instances where someone's already struggling with a challenge? I'll leave you on this. Sure, we all have a responsibility to better understand ourselves, our triggers, and emotional responses. I'm also very curious to see what the impact on employee recruitment, engagement, and retention in the industry might be if we leaned into the idea that self care alone can't address it all. Sonia, welcome to Forest FM. Thanks for joining me this morning. It's a pleasure to have you on.
0: Really excited for this.
1: Well, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like we haven't had a conversation about well-being on the podcast in far too long. So I really appreciate your enthusiasm and willingness to share your insights and story. Um, I guess before we get into the thick of it, I'd love to hear about what brought you to where you are today in your career, because I stumbled across a testimonial from one of your clients on social media saying how much they related to your story. And that made me really curious.
0: Yeah. So, My story begins right back in 97, many, many years ago. I went into the hairdressing industry at the ripe young age of 15, came out of school early. Yeah, and started doing Saturday work in the UK. I was living in the UK at the time. Mm -hmm. And we moved back from the UK to Ireland, back to Cork in Ireland in '90. 90, late 97. Right. So I actually started my career with Tony and Guy, started my apprenticeship with Tony and Guy. They had just opened their Cork branch in Paul Street in Cork. So I was very lucky I got a great start to the hairdressing career in such an amazing company. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they're world renowned and the standard of training and the insight that I got into the quality of a hairdressing business was You know, a great foundation for, for my career going forward. So I stayed with Tony and Guy for a couple of years. I qualified at 19. So I was quite young, you know, becoming a fully qualified stylist and very quickly fell into, um, the role building my clientele. I loved the buzz of it. I just loved the excitement. We did a lot of traveling. We did a lot of socializing. <laughs> and yeah, it's such amazing memories working in those couple of years that I spent with Tony and guys. We did a lot of um, competitions. We would have done courses in Dublin and London. And I really got the taste of the excitement and all of the passion that, mm-hmm. that comes in the hair industry. So I fell in love with it and I decided to open my own salon in 2003. So at a couple of years behind me. I built up my clientele and um, I actually was a very young mom. So I had my daughter when I was 18, so mm. You know, being a very young mom while building my career, it was all quite chaotic and decided, as a lot of stylists do, the next natural step for me in my career was to open my salon. Right. So I dived in head first as you <laughs> do. <did. laughs> no idea what was ahead. Oh, God. And yeah, it's been it's been an exciting and interesting journey, you know, so young, really, 22. When I look back now, my daughter, who's actually in the in the beauty industry, she's 23 now. And I look at her at this young age and think, wow. So, you know, I went into this salon. I had up to 14 staff at one point and um, managing motherhood with business. It was all quite chaotic. Yeah. Um, but luckily, I had you know built an amazing business quite quickly and really did enjoy everything that went with it, particularly the leadership side of it. And I loved mm-hmm. the business development side of it. And over the years, I was 20 years in the salon business, but I found over the years, my passion for mentoring and watching other people grow and succeed within my business sort of overshadowed my love for doing hair. Mm. So I decided to go and train in business development and leadership coaching. Um a couple of years I think it was about 5 years ago at this point. And with that I took a huge interest in, you know, helping other people whether they were at the start of their their business journey or whether they were maybe looking down the line to open their own businesses and how to start planting the seeds to go that direction and very quickly realized that this was my passion going forward so coming out of the hair business you know 20 years was a long long time to be so immersed and and yeah. i'm sure lots of salon owners would could relate to this that when you're in a busy salon business a lot of a lot of uh, us that own businesses are kind of at the core of, you know, bringing in the money. So I was a very, very busy stylist and would have been the biggest, I guess, um, income into the salon, right? which for me going forward, wasn't feeling like it was aligned with what I wanted to do. And so I had made the decision then to rent out my premises. I was very lucky. I took some good business advice many years ago and, and I purchased the premises that my salon was in. So I made the decision to rent out the premises and focus fully on what I do now, which is supporting salon owners. Now I support a lot of business owners, but predominantly salon business, because obviously that's my history. That's my, I guess, my niche. Um, mm-hmm. And to add to the, the business development side of things, I went and trained in yoga and meditation and mindfulness because I really believe that this was a huge part of my development and supported me massively through the latter years of having my salon business.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So now I guess you describe yourself as a life and well-being business coach. Um, What exactly do people come to you for, I guess, in terms of services? Yeah, so I
0: work on a one on one on one basis. So both, you know, Zoom, I go into salons, meet them in person. I do like to start with the salon owner because obviously leadership, it comes from the from the top. And so I'm such a believer that it's the salon owner, really, first and foremost. And I'll often then once we've done a couple of sessions together and get to know each other, I get to know what their vision is, what's working, what's not working, both in their own personal life, you know, with their well-being, because that's Mm -hmm. such a huge part of their business. When your own well-being is being compromised, which I see a lot and experienced myself, Business can take over and sometimes we forget to mind ourselves along the way. Um, And so I start at the root of it all, which is the salon owner. And then I often would come in then to the team and do a lot of like team building and motivation and then developing the business, creating company culture and all of that. So, yeah, there's lots of different sides. And we often, you know, mindset, obviously being First and foremost. But then from there, I'd have salons who would ask me to come in and do little mini retreat days where we combine yoga, sort of meditation, right. and whatever that particular team needs at any given time.
1: Right. So it's a much more custom approach, I guess. Yeah. Um, how would you say that well-being and wellness play into the daily habits and behaviors of salon owners and their teams? Um, and I'm, I'm just going to define well-being and wellness because um, I feel like we, we often blend the two. But according to the Oxford Dictionary, wellness is the state of being healthy, especially when you actively try to achieve this. Well-being, on the other hand, is considered general health and happiness, a state of emotional, physical, psychological, well-being. I guess what I'm wondering is, you know, like when when things are going well, you're on, you have like this momentum, right? And and so that plays into a very positive experience and probably positive results for your salon or spa business. But when things aren't necessarily going as well as we want them to be, how does that play out on the day-to-day of the business, for instance?
0: Mm, great question. Okay, so I guess well-being and wellness obviously have such a substantial influence on how we perform in any area of our lives, whether it's in our businesses or our relationships or whatever else we're doing in life. And so when we see the link that's there, and I'm sure lots of people that are listening to this can relate to what I'm saying, you know, when we're feeling good within ourselves and we're doing all of the things that support us, getting proper sleep, eating a good diet, Connecting to like-minded people, maybe watching less of the news. There's so many tools that support us. And, you know, when you're feeling that you're in your, your prime, higher self, I like to say, you know, when you're showing up as that better version of yourself, well, of course, it's going to impact your business and your leadership. So when you're in a, a place that you're leading other people, then your own personal a physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being is absolutely going to dictate the quality of what that leadership is going to be. So mm. I do feel that taking space for yourself and really minding yourself in, in so many different ways. It's not just about the physical health. It's about obviously these days there's a lot of talk about mental health. And, you know, I do see within the salon industry and every industry, especially having come through what we've come through, you know, there are a, a lot of people struggling with maybe a little bit of anxiety and panic attacks. And, you know, it's a very busy environment. It's a very high energy business. Mm-hmm. And if you're not able to regulate yourself emotionally, energetically, and you don't have the tools, it can be a very challenging space to be in. So definitely minding your well being. Is just so so crucial. No matter what industry you're in, but certainly within the hair industry, and um, because it does impact impacts the business, it impacts how you interact with your clients, with your team, everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you briefly talked about mental health just there. What would you consider being the most obvious signs of mental health challenges or issues? How can we all be a bit more aware of a, a friend, a colleague, a team member, or client who's struggling? Mm, yeah, I think
0: first is really knowing that there's a shift in their energy. You know, they say energy doesn't mm-hmm. lie. We can feel uh, energy. And when you see changes in somebody, whether that's an energetic change, maybe they're a little bit more withdrawn. Maybe they're expressive with how they're feeling and they're showing right. quite honestly and vulnerably how they're feeling. Um you know, listening, just holding space mm-hmm. is such a simple but such an effective tool. Just being there and not trying to fix it, just being there and holding space for somebody. And um, but I do think it's great that these days it is definitely more spoken openly into, yeah. and there's so much support out there. Like there really is.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. There is a lot of support. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I what I find like maybe hard to conceptualize I guess is you know like if well-being is like subjective how do you know whether I don't know if, if you've been struggling for the past like year or two and that wouldn't be surprising because of what we've been through with the pandemic um, how do you know uh-huh. like that you're making progress um, with your well-being uh-huh. and not just like avoiding or like masking you know mm, yeah great question like it's hard to measure absolutely
0: so a big part of what i teach is using tools like reflection journaling and when we're journaling not only journaling our goals and our you know dreams of what we're wanting to create in our lives which obviously is very powerful anyone that's into manifestation will know that mm-hmm. writing it down is proven to bring it to reality. There's definitely a a higher chance of it coming to reality when we give it that attention, what you focus on expands. So when we're writing things down and revisiting it and just like, you know, if there's times when you're feeling you want to monitor, you know, your energy, simple things like checking in, reflecting on how you're feeling, Mm -hmm. looking at what those tools I like to say, we all need to have a well-being toolbox. So obviously, one size doesn't fit all, whatever that toolbox looks like to you. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's podcasts. Maybe (laughs) it's, you know, getting out in nature, drinking more water. There's so many different support tools that we can pull out. And it's about being consistent with them and monitoring. Okay, how am I feeling day to day? Checking in with yourself. A lot of my clients will actually use, you know, yoga breathing. We'll actually check in, take a couple of breaths and really go inwards. You know, Mm, there's a lot of mm -hmm. people talk about minding yourself physically and you do a workout. Well, I like to refer to this as doing a work in check in with yourself. Go. Yeah. Go inwards. See how you're feeling. Asking yourself questions like, how am I feeling today? And being honest with yourself. What do I need today? What's going to support me today? You know, because Mm -hmm. I do think. Yeah you know, as you say, it's a great question, like, how do we, how do we monitor that? But the more that you do that, the more aware you'll become of how your energy is day to day. And the key here is without judgment, so not to judge. <laughs> Why am I feeling like this? Oh, I shouldn't be feeling like this. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. shutting on ourselves way too much. So let it be, however that is, because it's a human yeah. experience to feel all of the feels. So if you are having a day where your energy isn't 10 out of 10, that's okay. This too shall pass because what we resist persists. So what I've seen with myself is, you know, I'm doing all of these things. And at the start of really getting immersed in the wellbeing side of things, I used to be saying, you know, if I was having a day where my energy was a little off, how, how could I be feeling like this? I've been eating well. I've been getting loads of sleep. I've been doing this. I, and now I understanding, to actually, so <laughs> totally. I, I think everybody does. You know, we do this. Yeah. Should I should be feeling a certain way. But if you think of emotions, like it's energy in motion. We're meant to go through ebbs and flows. We're not mm-hmm. meant to be the same all of the time. So for me, I notice now if my energy is in that place where it's just not feeling great. And I can actually move through it a lot quicker now because I don't resist it or question it. I just let it be what it is and know that tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's a new
1: day. Right. You're not like hooked by your thoughts necessarily. You're just watching them be and allowing them to be. Um, I guess this is a perfect segue. There's a saying that goes, the four keys to good health, a working digestive system, an alkaline body, low stress, and a joyful state of being. What would you identify as the four keys to wellness within the salon or spa? Mm,
0: Great question as well. So I feel there's so many actually, it's hard to round it down into four, but you know, four of my my top areas that I like to focus on when salons are really wanting to strip things back and enhance the well-being within the salon business. First and foremost, I touched on earlier, leadership. So the the quality mm-hmm. of the leadership, how the leader is within that dynamic, within the team dynamic, how is the leadership skills of that person? How is the well-being of that person, the mindset, everything from, from the leadership point of view, then we're looking at financial well being because let's face it, we're in business because we love it. And because let's face it, look, the salon industry is super passionate. And I know lots of salon owners I work with. And for me, certainly going into my business, you are really following a passion. You know, it's so creative mm-hmm. and so exciting. And yes, if the business is run properly, of course, the financial gain is a great bonus. However, if you're yes. you're giving so much energy, you really want to ensure that there's a fair energy exchange there. So the well-being of the salon business for what you're putting into it, you need to know your figures. You need to know that what you're right. doing is actually worthy of all of the time you're giving it. Um, and I know I see this every day with people I'm working with, you know, Sometimes we count the time in the salon as being time given, physical in the salon. But actually, I think we all know it's that energy and the headspace and out of salon connection with the team and all of what goes on outside the salon. That all has to be taken into consideration. So you need to be covered financially for that. And company Mm -hmm. culture is a big, big one. Huge one at the moment. And I'm seeing so many salons I work with really zoning in on this one, which is brilliant because there's such a shortage at the moment across many industries, but certainly in the salon industry, recruitment and retention are hot topics at the moment. So creating that company culture and really getting clear on it and really supporting that and utilizing all of the amazing strengths that you have within your team. Having everybody on the same page is a massive part of the, the well-being within the business. And then environment will be my fourth one. So physically, your environment, how does it look? Is it aesthetically pleasing? Is it clean and organized? So I like to use the three S's. We've got the sights, which is what I just spoke about, your visual. And then we've got the scents, mm-hmm. so nice smells. And I guess this is crossing over into kind of the yogi side of of my teachings is creating that environment that promotes well-being. So whatever that energy is that you want in the salon, you know, maybe it's nice candles, maybe it's incense, maybe it's diffusers, whatever it is to, to give that nice welcoming vibe in the salon. And then you've got sounds. So are you listening to the local news the clients coming in mm. and the staff all day long. Yeah, how many hours are you in there? What are you listening to in the background? So, is there nice yeah. music? Is it uplifting? Is it promoting feelings of well-being? Um, and of course, we, we do. We do a lot of talking in salons. So, how's the quality of the conversation that's going on around you? Having that awareness and that mindfulness within a salon team is so important. So that every client that comes into that salon environment is experiencing something that's maybe uplifting and enhancing and leaving feeling good. As I said earlier, I work with one-to-one clients quite a lot, but then it does go into the team because quite often I have salon owners who will want to do regular meetings. And we all mm-hmm. know consistency is key when you're trying to implement anything. And that's not always easy when you're running a busy column, managing staff running the business, home life on top of it. So the lists can be endless. So where I come in is I support the salon owner on creating a program that's tailored to their salon business and supports them in moving forward in whatever way that looks to them. So whether they want to create company culture, maybe they want to empower their team, maybe they want to bring more of the, the well-being side of things into it, Maybe they have a team who are curious to know more about meditation or mindset coaching. Mm -hmm. There's so many different areas that that I cover and we tailor it. And as we go, we reflect, we look at what's working, we look at what would support them to bring in again and yeah, just create something that's kind of holistic, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, all, all of the tools I teach are quite basic in the sense, you know, breathwork, yoga, meditation, it there's nothing. There's no rocket science there. It's all the tools that we all know are going to support us. Um, but it's about getting that consistency right, because I know for me, yeah, delegation is a huge one. And that's why I do find it works well to bring someone in from an external source, because we can't do it all, you yeah. know. And I know for me, even calling monthly team meetings and one-to-ones if you've got a big team can be very difficult. So having someone to come in and sit down with you, look at the business with fresh perspective. Yes. Someone's coming in with a fresh set of eyes because, you know, we all know when you're in something and you're deeply immersed in it for a long, long time, it's very, very hard to see maybe possibilities, opportunities, new ways of doing things
1: or yeah, we get we get very like tunnel visioned on what we're what we're doing. I actually had it's it's a very on a mild mild expression of that, but yesterday I had been working on an article for I want to say a week and I sent it over to my colleague who um who was going to read it one last time before we sent it off to to the magazine and the first thing she noticed was like there's, um, there's a typo in your name in your author body. And I was like, of course there would be a typo there instead of anywhere else, you know? Like, it is yeah. true. Like, once we're, like, so immersed into something for so long, we just, like, tend to miss the little things you know and and you're right i think you know bringing in someone with a different perspective can can make a whole lot of a difference
0: Mm, absolutely and same as as it goes for our lives you know sometimes we're we're running on this hamster wheel we're doing the same things getting the same results afraid of change maybe limiting ourselves with the beliefs of what's possible and just having someone to come in and challenge that for me mm-hmm. was, a, was a game changer. And I hired a coach and a mentor many years ago. And I remember my mindset before that was quite fixed in how I thought things should be done. And, you know, going through the motions of that and being challenged and questioned. And it was so interesting to see those beliefs play out and how they showed up. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it fascinates me. And, and I love to see when I am working with someone, how they think at the start that a vision they have is so far from what they can achieve. And then as they put the steps in place and even changing the direction of that sale, one percent every day can bring them in a completely different
1: direction. Listen, Sonia, this has been fantastic. I hope this has like brought a bit of a a bit of an insight into, you know, who who you are, what you um, are passionate about and how you can help. Before I let you go, I'd love to know how can people reach out to you? Where can they find you online? Yeah, so Instagram, my page
0: is quite active on Instagram. I have a lot of content that I share there with salon owners, connect with a lot of them on there. So it's actually soulfully underscore Sonia. And yeah, Instagram would be the best
1: one. Amazing. I'll make sure to have that linked in today's show notes. Sonia, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining me on the show. Um, Once again, we hadn't had a conversation about this in such a long time on the podcast, so I think it was needed. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story and insights. It's crucial for salon and spa owners to question the status quo and think of ways to support workforce well-being in all of its spheres. Does it mean that you have to do the work on your own? Absolutely not. Like the people who push athletes to greatness in sports, life and wellness coaches like Sonia can help you identify your needs and establish a plan of action. Visit soniamanyacoaching.com for more information or book in for a free consultation and explore what your next steps might look like. And thanks for listening. If you're looking for the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode, check out the show notes and or head over to forest.com forward slash FM. Also, Forest FM is built on recommendations and shout-outs from the community. It's how we uncover hidden gems. So if you or someone you know has a story from the salon floor worth sharing, please go ahead and DM me. You can find me on Instagram at spring. Over the years of producing and hosting this podcast, a lot of people have expressed a desire to get to know me better. I hope that with all of its imperfections, the fully rebooted Forest FM newsletter can help you do just that and be something we can explore together while keeping the show about our wonderful guests. It goes out every Monday and it's the number one place for any and all exclusive content and announcements. Finally, if you've enjoyed this episode, there are a few ways you can support the podcast and really make a difference. One, you can send the episode to a friend or share it on social media and tag us. Two, if you're listening to this on Spotify, leave a comment in the Q&A section of the episode. Three, you can always leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And four, your feedback is always appreciated. Send us an email at forestfm@forest.com with anything that's on your mind. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.